when I started video, like I didn't know anything about video. I found a guy who did video and he's the one that got me started. He's the one that got me um, basically set up and learn everything. Like to find a mentor that is willing to help you, uh, push you, because you know, in this industry in California, there's people who don't want to share their secrets. There's people who will share secrets. And the thing is like all the stuff you find and all the stuff you know is like, it's online now, it's on YouTube. Um, it's on Creative Live and, you know, SLR Lounge, whatever, and you can go get it, but to implement that is a lot different. And having a mentor to teach you and guide you, um, I think is a big deal. Greetings, Internet. Welcome to the Wedding Video Boss Podcast, where we talk about the business of being a wedding creative and a sneak peek into my world as a very, very sexy wedding videographer. I'm your host, Paul Santiago, and today is a special episode because not only is this guest a famous wedding photographer slash videographer who is loved and adored by many people and brands, but he is also a close friend of mine. We're talking about mentorship, building yourself to be a brand, and of course, a little bit of gear talk. Okay, Ning is ready, so hold on to your horses, cause it's gonna be a crazy ride. Ning's diverse career path is what makes him so unique and versatile. Right after UCLA, he started out as an electrical engineer, became an IT director, dove into sales and marketing, and finally ended up as a Microsoft technical trainer and corporate event planner. After leaving the corporate rat race to pursue his dream of photography, he started Ning Wong Studios, a Southern California-based photography and cinematography studio. Weddings are his passion and business. What he enjoys most is the experience of photographing and filming people in all aspects of life. Ning takes a great pride in knowing he is regarded as a true people person. Ning takes pride in knowing he is regarded as a true people person. His natural ability to connect with others combined with his innate friendliness always bring an air of positive energy, kindness, and empathy to every job he does. Also, with his vast knowledge of technology and wedding enterprise, you can ask Ning for his recommendations on the latest gear or the best vendors for your wedding. When he is not behind the camera, he enjoys spending time with his beautiful wife and daughter, family, friends, and dog Ewok. He absolutely loves what he does and can't imagine doing anything different. Friends, help me in welcoming my good friend and the co-founder of the Silver Fox Club of California, Ning Wong. Hey, Ning. How's it going? <laughs> What's up, Paul? <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thanks, man. I, I wanted to ask you first, well, to those who don't know, well, you're going to see a photo of him soon, but we pretty much look alike and some people think we're, we're siblings we're brothers so that's why i invited him <laughs> no i'm just kidding you're talking to yourself right now yeah <laughs> so before we start tell us something about yourself that people probably don't know oh man something about me that people don't know um i don't know uh i like comic books that's kind of something that people don't know i mean i love the marvel movies i'm really a dc fan but um, I've been collecting comic books since I was like in middle school and, uh, I have a lot of those hidden away, kind of my, like my shameful secret, <laughs> but now it's cool because all the movies are out. So, you know, yeah. And being nerdy is cool. Yeah. Now. Being a geek is cool. Now back in high school, it was not cool, but now we're cool. 
We're cool now. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I brought out all my comic books too. I know. Oh, also, you should you should tell them about your uh, the video game model. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the, people don't know that. So I was a wannabe actor in a past life. I was in two movies. Uh, I was one of the Pirates of Pirates of Caribbean three. You can see me in some scenes, and I was also Christopher Walken's bodyguard in uh, Balls of Fury, and I was uh, Bishamon in Titanfall one. So. If you play the malicious side campaign, I'm the guy in the corner that pops up and tells you what to do. And that was me, I guess. I guess a lot of people know that, but there you go. Better cool fact. That's amazing. Have you ever had any people approach you about that? I signed somebody's uh, a girl's shirt before. It was really exciting because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Okay, so now I want to ask you, what's your origin story? Like how you, you started and how you got into weddings and what are you up to now? Yeah, okay. So um, I went to UCLA for electrical engineering and I became an engineer, went in sales and marketing and IT. Uh, my last job was at a small marketing firm in Irvine. Um, I was, you know, in the marketing department and well, it, was, it was a private company and it got bought out. And when buyouts happened, things like layoffs happen. And I was one of the unfortunate uh, people that got laid off. And um, I just bought a house for me and my fiance, now wife. I um, We were engaged and we moved in for a month, got laid off. <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, but I came home, I talked to my, my fiance and I told her what happened. And then she's like, well, what do you want to do? And you know, I told her, you know, let me be bummed for a week, play video games, and I'll uh, find a job next week. And she said, well, what do you really want to do? And I told her, I want to do my own business because I felt, um, you know, I put so much work into this company and for someone to cross my name off a spreadsheet um, kind of sucked. So she's like, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I would love to do something like maybe photography. And in the meantime, I wasn't really a photographer. Like I didn't shoot weddings. I didn't shoot portraits. I was actually one of those nightclub photographers and, um, you know, don't judge me, but we had a lot of fun doing that. But I thought, you know, I'd, I'd love to do photography, but I know nightclubs don't really pay any money. Um, so maybe weddings is a way to go. And that was in August, 2010. Um, my, my fiance wife now, she said, why don't you do it for a year? And she said, and I told her, there's no way, like, there's no way I could do this because we have bills, we have weddings, we have mortgage, all the things to pay for. And she said, well, give it a shot and see what happens. And that was nine, nine years ago. Yeah, so nine years, you know, she supported me. There's, there's times where I couldn't pay for certain things. She would, um, she would pay for things for me. She would take care of me. Basically, was my life, my, my blood, you know, and uh, she, she took care of everything that I needed to get taken care of, and she let me pursue my dream. So here I am nine years later doing this full time, and if it wasn't for her, um, I would not be here. So... I have to always thank my wife for letting me pursue my dream. And uh, that's kind of how I got started. And here I am now talking to uh, Mr. Boffo himself. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we pretty much started the same way. When me and my wife, then girlfriend, started dating, I didn't have any money. So she paid for when we watched a movie or we ate out. I'm just like broke zero. And... The same. She asked me what I wanted to do, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. And from there, that was nine years ago, too. It's crazy. I know. I think you're talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's awesome to have, like, someone that supports you, like, unconditionally. 
Um, I, I know your wife very well too, and she's she's an amazing girl. And you're you know we're both so lucky to have people like that that let us do this for a living. Like we we don't have real jobs, I guess, but I guess we do because they let us. You know, I can't believe we have pretty wives too. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we married above our pay grade. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh, and also you mentioned that you're an, a nightclub photographer. I feel like that's like a rite of passage. Oh, well, no, yeah. a, a, not a nightclub, a club photographer. Well, it, well not day club, nightclub. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, that taught me a lot about off-camera flash, and that's what, um, oh. about lighting and stuff. And I, that's where I started learning to love like flash because I didn't know why I just shoot at a slow shutter speed or drag shutter or do this and that. All I did, is, all I did was a promoter told me, he's like, change your shutter speed to 150th. I'm like, what? It's going to be too blurry. But then with flash, you can freeze the, the subject. Um, so that really helped me create a love for flash photography, but also taught me how to interact with people, not be shy to get their picture, how to navigate through crowds and just kind of network and talk to people. So I would advise people who are starting out, make sure you go nightclub photography. No. <laughs> first. Well, I guess, you know, if you, if you want to make like, like 80 bucks a night <laughs> it's for exposure guys it's for exposure just yeah. hashtag and um, tag yourself yeah. you didn't have instagram nine years ago right no it was, it was like myspace tough. right oh yeah that, i don't know that what it thing. was yeah <laughs> i want to ask you then so when you when you found out that you wanted to do photography and you've learned off camera flash and you started to get into weddings right mm-hmm. how did you get into weddings and did you encounter any hurdles going there yeah, so when I started nine years ago, there wasn't like a prevalent, there wasn't like Facebook groups. There weren't like anything online that you had to learn. Um, nowadays, you can go online, you can go on Facebook groups. There's so many ways to learn. But back then, I thought, you know, um, education is important. So I looked for photographers who were uh, people that were respected, and I took their workshops. Um, I learned as much as I could online. But I also emailed a bunch of photographers and uh, even videographers when I started doing video later. I'd basically say, hey, my name is Ning. I am here in Orange County. I'm just getting started. Um, I have like a Canon like 5D Mark II or something like that. Um, and I want to come assist. So I think I emailed like probably 30, 40 photographers and like three got back to me. And they said, oh, you know. Um, we'd love for you to come along. And I, I made it clear, like, I don't want to get paid. I just wanted to learn. And I carried bags, carried tripods. I watched gear. I set up lights. Um, you know, I did whatever needed, needed to be done. And sometimes I get paid a little bit of money, which is great. I wasn't expecting it. But sometimes, I don't know, one time I got paid by someone gave me a battery for my camera. And I was like, cool, I got paid a battery. Like, you know, um, to me, it wasn't worth, it wasn't, the money wasn't what I was looking for. It was the experience. And that was how I got started. And I just started doing that. Um, and to me, that was way more invaluable than, you know, getting paid X amount of money per hour. So I remember um, I shot with one photographer and she's like, you, you need to be in the Facebook group because we love working with you. And this is a Facebook group for just photographers. Well, back then there were a little bit of videographers, but this was like just for photographers. And she added me in there and you were one of the admins. Oh, yeah. And then I keep <laughs> seeing you. It was Megan, Megan Weissman. Yeah. And I keep seeing you just, you know, posting all of these things and joking around. I'm like, who is this guy? And then I research and I'm like, man, this guy's like huge. Not like physically. Well, probably. Oh. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this guy's like a big time photographer. And I remember seeing you talking about like networking and 
make sure that you contact people who you look up to. And that's what I, exactly what I did. I contacted you and we had lunch at Lori's at Costa Mesa. We had the steak. Oh, yeah. It's not the real Lori's. It's the uh, Lori's Carvery. Oh, that's cheaper. Oh, oh gotcha. <laughs> that's all, that's not the only yeah. thing I could afford. <laughs> but um, yeah, we, we had lunch and we hit it off. I feel like we hit it off. And ever since that time, you became my unofficial mentor. Because Thanks, it, all I paid for was the lunch and you just like taught me everything and you didn't officially teach me anything but you uh, just watching you watching you do all these things and become like it it really changed how i dealt with people and how i dealt with my business and i was wondering what is your take on mentorship like how is how important is that for people who are starting out or people who probably are already established yeah well first of all i'm genuinely like shocked and happy i never this is the first time you told me that and i feel really like uh touched and like like happy to hear that i mean we did have that lunch and i remember that because i was like oh yeah i got a free lunch with these guys i'm i'll go and so uh, <laughs> i had a huge crush on you that time <laughs> and uh he still does and so um i mean it was it was great because I, we did hit it off you know you guys are like my extended you know family and uh it it was it was so cool to see somebody who was a genuinely nice couple who who's hungry who has talent um and i'm really flattered for you to to say that and you know thank you guys and um you know i'm really glad you guys are doing what you do um i'm just a part of it you know um but kind of back to your original question about mentorship is um i think it's way imp super important to find a mentor um one of my, I had a couple of mentors when I first started, uh, Joy Murder Barnett. They, I took one of their workshops and it changed the way that I did business. It changed the way that I did things. They're so close friends of mine. My off-camera flash, I found someone that was great at it and it's uh, Scott Robert Lim. He helped me so much learning and we're so great friends. I was actually talking to him today about some stuff, some projects and everything, but those guys like helped me so much. And then of course, when I started video, like I didn't know anything about video. I, like I said, I, I found a guy who did video and he told me to, you know, come help him. So, you know, he's the one that got me started. He's the one that got me, um, basically set up and learn everything. Like, and it's funny cause um, his name is Alan and he set up a bunch of us to succeed and we all have our own businesses. Now we all, do this. We all love it. Um, everybody, I think, is really good. But to find a mentor that is willing to help you, uh, push you, because you know, in this industry in California, there's people who don't want to share their secrets. There's people who will share secrets. And the thing is, like, all the stuff you find and all the stuff you know is like it's online now. It's on YouTube. Um, it's on Creative Live and you know SLR Lounge, whatever. And you can go get it. But to implement that is a lot different. And having a mentor to teach you and guide you, I think is a big deal. So if you're out there, you're trying to get started, just looking for a mentor would be uh, so beneficial to what you're trying to do. Okay. So yeah, the, the thing with mentorship is I feel like you're going to deal with someone who is genuinely concerned about your business. And yeah. also you're going to save time. Oh yeah. Save time. Just asking questions like even stuff like, oh, how do I export this from uh, Premiere? to be optimal for playing on Facebook. Yeah, you can look it online, but if someone knows how to do it, they tell you, oh, you do it this, this resolution, this, you know, bit rate, and you're, you're good, you know? 
it's just fast access and on the job experience. I think it's stuff you can't learn online because you don't know when uh, all things go wrong during like a, a microphone. The DJ has a microphone system that doesn't work. All of a sudden you're like, oh man, what do I do? Or if like, you know, the first look goes wrong, like what do you do? You know, and that's the stuff that you can't learn online. The human experience. Yeah. Also, I feel like when, when you have a mentor, you because there's two kinds of mentors, like the, the, a friend that yeah. you could take advantage of, <laughs> just ask away, or you could pay someone to mentor yeah. you, right? You know, you just pay them one time and you develop this relationship and they're going to monitor mm-hmm. you and you, you could always, you have access to just ask them anything and they're, they're not going to charge you per per minute if you want to ask a question. So make sure you guys, you, you make sure you have a mentor to teach you that. So I wanted to ask you since we're on the topic of mentorship yeah i i've been seeing you like becoming your own brand and you know be become an ambassador to well for people who don't know since you're you're an engineer <laughs> yeah right and then you're you're a speaker you're an educator you're a brand ambassador for all these events and all these companies how does it feel to disappoint your asian parents well yeah that's a a really good twist um you know so you know i was a i was you know i was working as an engineer i was working for microsoft i was working for all these different companies and my parents i'm chinese if you can't tell but i am also 14 percent filipino (laughs) um the you know from like all these nice tech jobs to all of a sudden being a photographer was was a big change and i remember when i told them i wanted to do that and they're like not too happy about it. Uh, so what I, you know, I, I basically approached them and told them, this is my plan. This is my business. This is what I wanted to do. I showed them the business and it took a while, but I remember they, during one Christmas, really shortly after I started, my parents aren't big on gifts. You know, it's not like the big gift. It's about, you know, such the quality of the gift that always counts. And so my mom always gives me like shirts or socks or whatever. So I see like this shirt box under the tree and I open it during Christmas and inside is this polo and this polo had my, my photography logo on it. And she's like, I want you to wear this when you do your jobs. And I was like, I think that was a turning point where they started to accept that this was my job and they, um, they were supporting me and I didn't tell them that I changed my logo. So, <laughs> so it was a shirt with an old logo, but that shirt's still in my closet, of course. And I look at it and that's, my parents started supporting me. And of course, like any Asian parent, they still ask you, oh, uh, are you okay? Like, you know, how's your business? This is that. And I tell them, oh, it's great. And I tell them what I'm doing and stuff. And, you know, to them it's different, but they see, they can see the success that we have. Like, you know, uh, it's not material things, but like, you know, things that we do have and things we can do for, you know, my wife and, you know, our daughter and our soon-to-be son, you know. So, like, they see that part. And I think they, you know, there's one time where my mom said to me, like, she's very happy that we have our lives like this, you know. And I was really weird because, you know, as Asian parents, you don't hear that. Man, I'm, I'm probably going to cry every time they say, we're so proud of you. I know. Or, and it's weird because I, I tell our daughter that all the time. And so I'm like, do I say it too much? <laughs> like, you should, should hold back a little bit. I know, make her make her earn <laughs> it, you know. But yeah. um, that's that's what kind of changed for for us and um, or for me, and it was a big deal. And you know, they support and they always like pimp out 
my services to all their friends and their friends' kids, which is awesome. I, I really wanted to ask you that question because yeah. I love that story. Yeah. But in reality, my real question was, how did you build <laughs> up to the brand? Like, what made you pursue, like, instead of me being just a, taking up photography, I kind of want to build a brand and, you know, how did you, yeah. what made you decide? Well, my, my other background, also, I was a corporate trainer. Uh, so I had training background and teaching background and stuff. And I remember, you know, it wasn't me. It was that wanted to do it. And, I, I, you know, like, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's tough to get into that, like, teaching industry and to be a brand ambassador. I think, honestly, being yourself, being genuine, being helpful, uh, being a likable person, you know, it, it helps a lot. A lot of these brands ask me to be part of it because they see that. Uh, but also being an authority figure in terms of, like, knowledge, in terms of, an influence of like, you know, being able to tell people, this is what I use. And one of the things that I always believe is if I will only rep brands that I love, not because, you know, oh, they're offering something. It's, it's, I love like, like MagMod, for instance, I love using their products and, you know, I, I wanted, I'm one of their ambassadors and I rep them because they're stuff that I genuinely use at my weddings. I won't rep a brand that's, that's like something that I don't believe in or I don't like just because they want to give me something. And I've been approached by that. And I've told them, you know, I love your stuff, but I don't use it. And I'm honest with them, you know? Um, but it's opportunities to teach that, that I'm thankful for. And a lot of people have helped me uh, build it on the way. Um, like Jason Group, he helped me so much, gave me chances to uh, speak at WPPI, be part of that. And I'm so thankful for him for that. And of course, uh, Jessica Sill over at Canon, she she basically gave me a shot at Canon and I don't know how many, was that three years ago, maybe four years ago, three years ago or something. Like I just started teaching there and one of their instructors and stuff like that. And uh, people like that, they gave me chances. And of course I always thank Jason. I always thank Jessica. And they're like, well, we gave you the chance, but you're the one that kept it going. You're the one that made it happen. So, you know, if you're given chances to teach and speak, you gotta, you gotta take those seriously. You gotta, do your best at those things. And if it's something you want to do, keep pursuing it. But like, don't take it for granted because, you know, stuff can be taken away pretty fast too. I feel like when it comes to being in the service industry like us, you need to make sure that your main goal is to educate and give back to, yeah. to people. doesn't matter if you're a photographer or videographer or, you know, you're trying to sell your service, but... Just yeah. make sure that the goal is always just trying to educate the brides, educate the other fellow people in your industry, right? Yeah. I, a lot of it, too, is like, you know, there's people that, that are doing this for like a year and they want to teach and stuff like that. It's like, you know, a little bit more experience would probably be more beneficial for you to learn because a lot of people, you know, like, it's like, you know, if I do something for a year, you can't be an expert on it. You know, you can't be like, I'm the authoritative figure about X, Y, Z. And that was, you know, one of the things I wanted to do is like, I want to do the right way. So if I was going to teach something, I'm going to be a figure. I'm going to learn. I'm going to research. I'm going to hopefully have the respect of my peers to be able to teach a subject like that. Um, I think that's a big deal because people want to teach. They think it's great. I'm like, you know what? It's really hard work. And, you know, like you put on one workshop, that's great. But I keep putting on several different classes and lectures. Uh, that's another story. So... How would you know if you have the authority already? Because for me, like the, the reason why I did this podcast is because 
I've been in the industry for nine years. We have an office. I'm like, we're, we're able to maintain this office and we've grown our team. So I feel like the only, the one thing I'm an authority on is the business side of wedding videography. Cause we don't have any awards or anything like that, but we've maintained our work has been consistent and the trust from other vendors have been consistent. So I, I was wondering for you, like, how did you know that, how would you know? Cause you're saying like, if you do, you've done one workshop, you know, it may be good. It may not be good, but you'd have to know when you could do that. You know, I mean, how would you know that you're ready to teach? I don't think anybody, if, if, if you have the right mindset, like if you're humble and you are gracious and stuff, um, you're never going to think you're ready. Uh, when people ask you, Hey, I think you should teach this or teach that. That might be a sign. But honestly, if you want to start out, start small, do a workshop. I remember I did, I made up workshops and I taught them to my friends for free. I'm like, Hey, come to my house. Um, we'll have lunch and you can come watch my presentation. And that's when I started. I just started teaching like stuff like that. My first real workshop was at, we had a condo in Long Beach and I was off camera flash class. It was like a whole day class with models and food. Um, I think I had like eight people attend and I said, oh, it's 40 bucks, right? It was basically 40 bucks just to cover the food, right? And like get the models a little bit of money. I wasn't in it for the money. I was in it for practicing. And, you know, people think, oh, you make so much money off workshops. Like, no, you don't make a lot of money off workshops. I'd rather shoot a wedding. I'd rather shoot some corporate gig and make way more money and less work. Um, but I like seeing when people learn from you or learn from me and they go, oh, I get it now. Cause that's when I, when I was learning, that's how I got it. Like when Scott Robert Lim was teaching me flash, I had no idea what this was. And that was all of a sudden one day I'm like, Oh, I get it now. And that's kind of the moment where I look for, but to, to, to teach, I don't think you're ever ready. You just got to do it. Uh, start small. Like I said, teach for friends, you know, charge a little bit of money, make your own workshop, um, happen and then see if you like it. And if you like it, and you can start pursuing bigger things. And I just got lucky. I just knew people. Um, and they gave me chances. And that was how I got started. You know, this is exactly why you are where you are now. Because you, you're you grateful. And you always try to give back to people. I remember uh, we were at WPPI. And there's this party in like a hotel room. by a, We got kicked out. But, after. <laughs> but before that... You walk in and everybody in the room is like, hey, and you were just, you know, so humble and quiet and you're like high-fiving people, but very, a very low high-five, so a low five. <laughs> but, you know, the, this is, the, when, when you walked in, I was wondering like, man, how did he do this? Like, how, how did people love you this much? And this is exactly why. You don't just try to learn by yourself. You learn with others and you share the information that you have and you're always thankful like to Jason and Jessica, you know? Yeah. So yeah, congratulations, thanks, man. I mean, you don't get to places by yourself. It's others that go with you. I mean, when I was working corporate, I remember a phrase. Uh, so if you want to climb up, you can always step on people and get up a ladder. But if you want to get up, get up further, you raise people above you. So when they get above you, they pull you up. So it's kind of like a, um, that's what I always believed in. And for networking, honestly, like, I don't go to networking places to like try and get something. You get to know people, you get to become their friends, be part of their lives, and then things happen. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna go to this, this mixer, I'm gonna give out my business card, and they're gonna all make me refer everybody to me. That, that never happens because 
people can see the fakeness. They can see you're just trying to take advantage of that. But if you invest time into their lives, become their friends, that's for me, that's a lot more powerful of a networking tool. Um, and I, but I don't really call it networking. I just call it like hanging out, going out, meeting your friends, seeing everybody you don't see a, a lot. Like at WPPI, I see people once a year, but um, you know, we keep on touching Facebook, we comment on each other's feeds, and I know what's going on in their lives, I know what's going on in my life. Um, that's part of the fun, you know? Um, but don't be a jerk is <laughs> a big thing. Be nice, uh, be humble, um, and just, just have fun doing this. And if people like that, then they'll always help you. Yeah, just always be genuine. I remember when we we started net uh, going to networking events and we started um, eating out after and, you know, it, it became like a thing. Now people ask me, hey, where are we going to eat out later? I'm like, I, I don't eat late anymore. <laughs> but, you know, it, it kind of it became this thing where just people just hang out. We don't even need to refer each other, you know? Yeah. Because it just became a relationship that is easier because my uh, the network grew and you have respect for these people that are in different levels of the industry and thanks for that i really yeah. I, I really learned a lot from you because whenever you walk in you're just genuine and you talk to people and you know and I, i'm there watching you eating the food so <laughs> like a stalker oh man I'm scared now. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So my last question, I know you personally, and let's just say that you have so much gear that you could probably open your own B8, B&H photo <laughs> in California. So, but I, I wanted to ask you for people who are starting out, who are trying to figure out what gear do I buy? What do I do first? You should buy gear that makes you money. Right. So, example, if you have a certain lens that you you want, and it's gonna make you money. Like, let's say you don't have like a seventy two hundred, you know, zoom lens, and you need that for weddings. If it's gonna make you money, it's a good investment to get into it. Um, I'm one of those buy one, you know, buy buy once, cry once. Right. Uh, I like buying the best version there is as possible, just because if you buy something that's subpar. Chances are you probably have to replace it, or if it breaks, it's gonna suck, you know. Um, but look at gear that is gonna make you profitable or help you make money. Like if you need to buy new microphones, like will this microphone help me make money? Is my audio gonna be better? Like lighting, for instance, right? But also look for gear that is professional grade, meaning like Canon flashes, for instance, like Speedlights, the 600 series. I love them to death. I use them. Uh, there's other brands out there that are a lot cheaper, a lot more affordable, that are like, you know, one-fourth the price. But is it reliable enough? Like, if someone's paying you money to shoot a wedding or an event, you want your stuff to work 100% of the time. And the cheaper brands, they aren't going to work 100% of the time. So when it's like, let's the one situation where you need to flash, it doesn't flash, and you're like, man, I should have just spent that money. And yeah, it costs money. Um, I don't recommend taking a business loan and like, <laughs> going to the bank and like taking out like 10 grand and you have to pay interest and stuff like that. And I know people that do that. That's fine. But if you can, if you can save up and buy it, that'd be great. You can always um, rent gear if you need to rent it. But basically that's kind of my advice for, for gear and um, you know, taking care of your gear, doing maintenance on that is really crucial because you know you spent like three grand on a lens, you don't want to just throw it in a bag and have it all scratched up and banged up. 
You want to take care of it. Um, <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. Well, Paul just has other people take care of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my story with gear. And yeah, I'm a gear horn. I love my gear. I could probably sell half my gear that I don't use. But that's kind of, you know, be smart about your purchases. Um, you don't need to own the latest and greatest stuff. Just own what is working for you then. And then when you make money, save up, then buy something better. You know, people are probably shocked to hear me say that, to save your money and buy something better. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just take care of your stuff and, you know, but buy reliable professional grade gear. I think what people need to understand is, um, at least for videographers, you know, we have this gear, gear lust that yeah. when the new cameras oh, come game out, game changer. Like, yeah, it's yeah. always a game changer, <laughs> and I, um, I, I just feel like you need to master your craft first. Yeah, because right. it doesn't matter. I, I, I have, I know of videographers who charge $6,000 and they shoot a 5D Mark III. Yeah. And they have like amazing video. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, the gear helps, not going to lie. It helps. It makes your job a little easier. But if you can't, like for video, if you can't tell a story, then what's the point of having the best gear? I got a couple hired, you know, they actually hired me and we shot their wedding all on iPhone. Sorry, Canon, to hear that. <laughs> but I sh we shot their wedding video all on iPhone. And... Basically, it was two iPhones. We had a, like a, a gimbal, and we had a, it was ridiculous, we had a tripod with the iPhone mount on top for the second one. Um, and it, it, was, it was all about storytelling. It was all about um, using that to, do a, to tell a story. And, I mean, if you want to get started and you don't, know how many, you don't have any gear, like I know you have a cell phone with a probably camera on it, and just take it out there. Take some video. You don't have to worry about a lot of these, like the depth of field or like certain things. Just go tell a story. Like go with your friends. If you're like at a music festival, for instance, take video, tell a story, do stuff like that. And just practice. And so once you practice, you know what you need. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just learn the education part and then find out what gear you need. Okay. Last, last question. I, I, I guess I need advice for people who'd want to contact their the people that they look up to is there a, like a certain because i know we've had experiences with people who kind of like are crossing the line when it comes to <laughs> approaching their heroes but is there a way that a certain thing that you need to do to be able to you know contact is because i feel like when you're doing something and someone is telling you you're doing a great job that that really helps when you're like trying to find out who yeah. you are you know so is there any advice that you could give to people who would want to talk to their heroes there? Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, if, if, if someone you're looking up to is doing like a workshop, go take it. Um, it gets you a mitigated access to that person in terms of like knowledge, uh, what they're teaching and everything. So and you always want to support them doing what they do. So taking the workshop if they have one, if they don't have one, let's say they're local, you know, and they like to go to like events, like go to the events and meet them in person because, you know, when people come up to me or to anybody and they meet, they meet me in person, I remember them a lot more than like an email or a Facebook message. Um, and also it gives you more time to, you know, an email is like, hi, my name is Ning and I'm a videographer in Orange County and we're starting out. Uh, I'd love to assist you, you know, um, that's very, you know, it's not as personal as, hey, go to somebody and say, hey, you know, if you have any opportunities, I'd love to come, like, carry bags or just learn. And that, to me, 
that's where I found a lot of my people by doing like going to mixers, going to events, and we meet them. Like, you know what? Like, they want a chance. Let's let's bring them along, and then eventually become people that shoot for me. I think that's really important to do. But of course, if you don't have the ability to do that, if your mentor is like really far away, for instance, email is great. You are going to get rejected. You might not get replies, which is perfectly fine because they might be busy or they may not be in the position to take on mentorships and stuff. Just, you know, you can follow their work online and just like see what they're doing and then find other people that may be able to mentor you. So just communication, contact, uh, don't bug them too much. You know, like um, don't keep waving on them on Facebook Messenger. (laughs) (laughs) Ding. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, yeah, I mean, just go out there. Go to events, network, uh, be yourself, um, and just, you know, be be hungry, you know? Find a way. You know, up to this day, I still message photographers that I appreciate their style. I'm like, man, your style is really good. And then, you know, they reply. Usually when I'm, like, drinking, that's when I start texting people. <laughs> Uh. But then they reply, and then I see them at WPPM, like, hey, what's up? You know, so it's it's really nice to reach out to someone when you appreciate, not just when you have a questions or you just just reach out to people and be yeah. be grateful. Yeah, it's weird. We don't we don't hear a lot of like we don't hear a lot of things from our peers. Like we hear from like clients and like their families and stuff or from peers. You don't hear a lot. And it's cool to get like a message saying, hey, this is a cool video or this is a cool photo. Uh, you know, good job when you're speaking this. And it's like it's always nice to hear something complimentary yeah. from somebody. I've been getting a lot of like, hey, your voice sounds great on the podcast. Your topics are great. You're so handsome in person. I know. You know, and I always thank them and I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate we have it. faces for radio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for podcast. So, okay. Well, they, they say you never meet your heroes, but I'm glad I did because I can't believe I'm, I'm doing this interview right now. You've changed the way I look at myself and how... Because I used to be like this very, my my confidence level was really really low when it comes to because I'm I'm not I'm not from here. My, English isn't my first language. What? But then yeah, you know it's just. <laughs> but you know it it really helped me become more confident. And I I don't care if I have an accent or I don't care if I'm you know if I look like this because seeing you doing this and the way that people respond really inspired me. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I also want to thank you for buying me lunch today. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> this is great. You're so generous. Um, top ramen with egg. Okay, two <laughs> eggs. No, man, you, you, you did it yourself. It wasn't uh, anybody else. I mean, um, everybody loves Bafo. Loves, they probably love your wife more than you. But, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, but no, they love you guys in... You know, I think I paved the way for big Asian guys, I guess. <laughs> um, but you're getting smaller and smaller. But um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, man, you, you did it yourself. It wasn't anybody that that did it for you. You put the hard work in. You put the effort in. Um, you guys create great products. You're lovable. You're genuine people. And I'm proud to call you guys my friends, not just like my work colleagues, but like, you know, my buddies. And, you know, and I thank you for buying me lunch, too. <laughs> So thank you so much. I really appreciate no it. No problem, man. I love you, bro. Uh, me too. Do Say me it. Too. Uh, Say it. I like hanging out with you. <laughs> <laughs> friends reference. Okay, friends forever. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. And maybe you could tell people how they could reach you. Oh, yeah. Um, if you could reach me, go to my website, ningwong.com, 
or email me. It's ning at ningwong.com or Facebook message me, friend me. I'm a pretty reachable guy. Um, just don't call me. I like to ch- chat on text. <laughs> don't wave at him on Messenger. That's <laughs> all good. Yeah, that's how you get me. Okay, and then maybe we could put your affiliate links in our oh, yeah, hook our, hook people up. I don't have a lot of affiliate links, but we'll find some. Yeah, from we'll find something. <laughs> at the at, comment down below. Go in the, in the show notes. There's <laughs> going to be links like, there. He, he'll like. find some links and and I'll put them on the show notes. Sweet. So, all right, thank you. All right, man. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh, don't you just love it when people are willing to share what they know and ask nothing in return? Me too. That's why I pay it forward. When I think that I'm not capable of doing this kind of selfless work, I just support the person monetarily. If you're thinking, wow, Paul is so handsome and he sure helped me out by bringing all this information literally straight to my doorstep... I wonder if there's any way I could support him other than cheering him on quietly in my car every week. Lucky for you, I started a Patreon page and you could pledge as low as $1 to show your support and keep the show going. Just head on to www.patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n slash wedding video boss. You'll see the same sweet old podcast and more. Actually, tons more. Different tiers could get you great things like transcripts of all the latest episodes. This is for people who don't have time to listen for an hour. There's also a Facebook mastermind group that's limited to a number of patrons. And my personal favorite, extra episodes just for the hardcore fans. But if you want to continue this silent support, I'm throwing all these information goldens for free. So I'd really appreciate it if you help me out by subscribing rating or leaving a review thank you so much to those who already did it thanks so much for listening it means the world to me watch out for the next episode of the wedding video boss podcast till then play nice if you can't win be nice especially if you're good looking boss man out Be nice, especially if you're good looking. Boss man out.